Hey, as a church, we've been exploring the theme of deeper and what that means. Uh, I kind of wish I watched some of the online services so I'd have a bit of a framework for what to preach tonight. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Now, the boys and I are going to be taking you on a bit of a journey uh, around our weird brains as we've attempted to unravel some scripture that I believe uh, will be super helpful for us to unpack what it means to go deeper personally with God and with others. And to do that, we're going to look at a scripture tonight, and that scripture is Ezekiel 47. It's a bit of a sizable scripture, and I love it. Um, It's pretty cool. At the time, Ezekiel, who's a prophet, was taken by a strange man without a name. Now, I just want to preface the story with, hey, if a strange man without a name approaches you and tries to take you on a journey, don't go. That's Stranger Danger 101. Just don't go. But a strange man wasn't just any strange man. It was an angel of the Lord. And he start, takes Ezekiel on the journey and the journey goes like this. Ezekiel explains it like this. He walked to the east with a measuring tape and measured off 1,500 feet in the river, leading me through water that was ankle deep. Then he measured off another 1,500 feet, leading me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another 1,500 feet, leading me through water that was waist deep. He measured off another 1,500 feet. By now the river that he's walking down, not across, was over his head. It was water to swim in, water no one could possibly walk through. He said, son of man, have you had a good look? Then he took me back to the riverbank. While sitting on the bank, I noticed a lot of trees on both sides of the river. This is Ezekiel talking and he says this. He told me the water flows east then into the sea. When it empties into those waters, the sea will become fresh. Wherever the river flows, life will flourish. This is cool. You want to tune in for these next things. Wherever the river flows, life will flourish. Wherever the river flows, life abounds. Fishermen will stand shoulder to shoulder along the shore, casting their nets. The sea will teem with fish of all kinds. He says, but the river itself on both banks will grow fruit trees of all kinds. Their leaves won't wither. The fruit won't fail. Every month they'll bear fresh fruit because the river from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will be food and their leaves will be healing. That's pretty cool. So what can we learn from this chunky scripture? Well, what we can learn is that the journey to go deeper in God is about 6,000 feet long or 1.8 kilometres now that's about a 17 minute walk for the average person. Um, maybe about 14 minutes if you're Pastor James Roy from Wanganui, like long limbs. Uh, maybe about 21 minutes if you're Pastor Matt Cornford from Masterton, short limbs. <laughs> but fundamentally, what the story is showing us is the miraculous nature of the river that was to come through Jesus. And not just through Jesus, but our relationship with Jesus. You've got to understand this. This river is full of relationship with Him. It's a river of blessing, favour, healing, calling, God's purpose, unforced rhythms of grace. This is the type of river we want to be in in life. We want to be flowing with God. But you've got to catch this. It's also a picture of progress and depth in our spiritual life. And what that means from a personal level in our relationship with God and a personal level in our relationship with others you got to understand there's this progression Ezekiel goes on from ankles to knees to waist and then to overhead. So here's what I want you to catch tonight. As simple as this. Going deeper in God is just something that happens one step at a time. 6,000 feet long or however long that might be. So often I feel that we try or feel like we are expected to just pop a manu into the depths of God. Um, For those who aren't up to date with like youth colloquialisms, um, Papamanu is just like, cannonball, um, but cooler. (laughs) 
Now, we can be expected to just jump straight in, but I found that it can be less of an immediate full submersion. So you don't have to get straight in and straight submerged into the depths, but through God's grace, it can be a step-by-step process where you don't have to try and do everything. And I feel as I say this, this is just gonna be liberating some people. But you gotta catch it like this. For me, it looks like this. Um, On a Sunday, I'll watch a sermon at church in the morning. And when I listen to that sermon from Pastor Sam and the Holy Spirit through Pastor Sam will slap me left, right, left, I'm doing the wrong hands, left, right, left. And I'll be getting convicted about all these different areas of my life. It's like my pride issues, my final mismanagement issues, lust issues, I didn't tithe last week, unforgiveness, I swore 13 times at the soccer coach, whatever it is. Uh, I didn't talk to the workmate at work because they're annoying. Whatever it is, God can address us with all of these things. And then you come back for the 5 p.m. and it happens all over again. It's like double whammy. Now, when we become aware of these things, for me, sometimes I can hit Monday and I'm just exhausted. It's like I have no idea where to start in improving myself and becoming more like Jesus. I don't know if you're like that. I'm assuming if you're human, you probably are. Life can be complex. What I want you to remember that progress starts with a single step. For Ezekiel, there was the angel of the Lord that led him ankles to knees to waist and then to fully submerged. But it happened step by step as he went forward in God. Mark Twain has this awesome quote that simply says this, the secret of getting ahead and getting started, or the secret of getting ahead is getting started. The secret of getting started is breaking down the complex things into small things and then just doing one at a time. Life can be complex and complexity can confuse direction and it can cripple us from moving forward. We all know that, especially with the season we've been in. Life can be complex. But the secret of getting started is breaking your complex, overwhelming tasks into small manageable tasks. Then starting on the first one, one step, one step, one step. Jesus put it like this in Matthew 6. Let tomorrow worry about itself, for today has enough worries of its own. What can you do today that can ease the load tomorrow? So my prayer tonight is that you would understand God's grace is for you, that God Himself is for you, and that He's okay with you just moving forward one step at a time. You don't have to pop a money, you don't have to jump all in and try and tackle everything at once because sometimes that can cripple us and it can prevent, and as, if we don't succeed in the, uh, straight away, we can actually prevent us from moving forward or instill fear in us from moving forward. What I want you to get is God's grace is for you and He's okay with you going step by step to get deeper into Him. Cool, that is me. It is my pleasure now to introduce uh, the next preacher tonight. Put your hands together, jump up on your feet, make lots of noise, spam the comment section with emojis for Mr. Pastor Nathaniel Kendrickula. <laughs> awesome, thanks, bro. Awesome, man. How good was Ben? Um, and how awesome is it that we can still gather as a church, whether it's at home or in the movies? How sick is that? My mind is still blown that we're gathering in church in the movies. Uh, or maybe you're in the park. If you were the East Hub. Um, But hey, we've gone through Ben's weird brain and now we're going to go through um, deeper in my brain. Um, But before we get into that, let me introduce myself because I feel like there's a little bit of confusion uh, in people's minds right now. Some of you are like, man, it's so awesome to see my favourite drummer preaching. Um, But I'm not Wakash. 
Uh, <laughs> anyway, so um, a few years ago for work, we, uh, we went on this trip. Um, and uh, it was at a marae, and uh, we, were, we were doing some clean-up stuff, and I was assigned to gardening, uh, which really wasn't my forte. If I'm being honest, uh, most manual labour or work in general is not my forte. Uh, and so <laughs> I found myself here um, gardening with a, with a bunch of other people from work, and um, one of the jobs was to rip some, uh, pull some trees out uh, in this kind of section, and, and it actually ended up being kind of fun. Uh, it was like we were playing tug of war with some trees. Uh, and the first few was pretty easy. But then the last one that we got to uh, was, was pretty difficult. Like there was like maybe four or five of us trying to pull this tree out uh, and it just wasn't coming out. Uh, and so we got to do something even cooler, uh, which is we wrapped uh, like a chain around it and then we attached it to a truck and just gassed it down and it ripped this thing out. Right? Uh, and then once, once it was out, we noticed why this was so much more difficult to get out than the rest of them. And the reason was because it had such big, deep roots. See, as Ben said, we're looking at this idea of God leading us deeper, taking us in step by step from ankle to knees to waist and so on. And what I've found is that as we're led deeper by God, step by step, that where there's depth, there's also strength. See, the deeper the roots of the tree, the stronger it was. And the deeper we go into God and His plans and His purposes for our lives, He strengthens us. As we push in, as our roots in Him get deeper, we find strength. And now more than ever, we need that strength. There's so much being thrown at us. Like we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Oh, we're on the other side of it, but, but you know, we're still having to deal with, with what's to come of that. And, and for a whole lot of people, man, that, that has so much uncertainty, that brings so much anxiety, and, you know, and, and all of a sudden we're worrying about finances or our future, our relationships. Maybe you're worrying about your family. It can be so overwhelming. Maybe you're finding yourself overwhelmed with whatever's going on in your world. But here's the good news. We have access to strength that can withstand any circumstance, any situation. I think it's time that we start to push deeper into God, the source of that strength, to take that next step for the sake of ourselves, but also for the sake of our families, our communities, our schools, our world. See, um, Paul talks about strength in, uh, in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. He goes, each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. And this is the, the, the epic part. For when I am weak, then I am strong. <laughs> Now, I don't know about you, but that does not make sense to me. Strength is strength and weakness is weakness. But I was born into church. Well, not literally born in the church. That's unhygienic. Um, but but I, I've grown up in the church. And so I'm kind of used to the, how many paradoxes are in the Bible and how powerful they are. And so I started meditating on this. This was something that was just kind of churning over, over this lockdown period. And I was reminded of this time uh, in year 13. Um, it was prank week. 
Uh, and so one of the uh, pranks that we had was to take over the teacher's car park. So all the year 13s were going to park in the main car park. Uh, and then so all the teachers had to then go park on the streets and, and have these big walks. Um, but one of the guys had this idea that to, um, to keep teachers out, uh, he built this kind of this wall, which was like the span, it spanned the, the length of, um, of the driveway and it was about two meters tall. So there was no way anybody was getting in. And at first it was funny, teachers thought it was funny, but then as teachers had to work, uh, park further and further away, they started to get angrier. Some swore, West Auckland schools. Um, but. But um, it started to get worse, and I actually started to get scared. I was like, man, what's going on? Like, this is going to collapse soon, or like, we're going to have to take it down. We're going to get into so much trouble. But luckily, um, around that time, our principal came through, and, and he's got a pretty good sense of humor. So he made us a deal. He said, hey, if you let me in, I'll back you. I've got you. And so to let him in, we, we put down this wall, and, and he walked in. And we never put it back up. See, even though we put our defences down, we were defenceless, we were weak, but with him, no one could say anything to us because he was on our side. See, I think it's the same with God. As we let our defences down, our walls down, you know, which is the definition of being vulnerable. When we take down our facades, as we let him into the depths of our hearts, the places we haven't let anyone else to, we may be weaker, but he becomes our strength. And his presence in my weakness is stronger than my strength in his absence. Let me say that again, because that is worth putting some fire emojis in the chat. You know what? I'm probably doing that right now as well, because this is pre-recorded. Because his presence in my weakness is stronger than my strength in his absence. See, as we put our defenses down, he becomes our, our defender. See, we've been looking and exploring this theme of deeper and I'm starting to understand that in order for me to go deeper in God, we need to let Him deeper into us. So we look at some champions in the Bible, people like King David, who, who was regarded as a man after God's own heart. You know, and in fact, God said that about him. Um, the depth of his relationship with God was crazy. And, 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 but you start to read the Psalms and you start to realize that he wasn't just somebody that chased after the heart of God. He was somebody that poured out his heart to God. Every feeling of, of anxiety or insecurity, of, of worry, every victory when he was feeling joyful to praise God. See, we even look at Jesus in the depths of his struggles. We see him in the Garden of Gethsemane, literally sweating blood. But even in that moment, he cries out to God. We see him on the cross, once again, crying out to God. I believe maybe there's something in that for us. I don't know what situation you're facing. I don't know what struggle that you might be dealing with right now. Uh, Maybe you're feeling anxious. Maybe you have fear for your future. Maybe there's something going on in your family. Maybe you don't know uh, what to do about your dreams or, or, or you're just struggling with some addiction or, or whatever is going on for you. But my encouragement to you is that there's strength in the depth of relationship with God. And as we let Him into those situations, as we invite Him into those places, That's where we're going to have strength and that's when we're going to have freedom. That's how we can get through whatever is being thrown at you. You know, even right now, 
And I believe the Holy Spirit is, is bringing things up for you. It is pointing out places in the depths of your heart. It's pointing out struggles. It's maybe it's even pointing out moments that you wish you'd rather forget. And you have a choice right now. Do you let God into that depth, into that place, and choose to take that step and go deeper and do something about it, or do you want to keep, keep living the way that you have? Right now, if that's you, I just want to pray for you really quick before I hand it off to Bola. Why don't we close our eyes? Hey, God, we just thank you so much uh, that you are good and that you are with us and you are for us. God, we thank you, Lord, that, that you're a gentleman. And even, bef- even though you know what's going on in our hearts, Father God, Lord, that, that you don't force yourself on us, God. And so I pray, God, for every person, no matter what's going on, God, in their hearts or in their lives, Father God. I pray, Lord, that we start to put our defences down, Lord. And and as we surrender and as you enter into those spaces, God, I thank you that there's strengthening and there's a freedom, God, a freedom where we can live life uh, full and overflowing like you've called us to. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. Awesome. Hey, that was a little bit uh, of into my brain. And now I want to, uh, why don't you put your hands together as we go into the big brain of Bola Facalada. <laughs> Yay. I can just tell that the chairs are much louder for me than the other two. Uh, but hello, everyone. My name is Bola. I'm all the way from uh, Equipus Church down in Wellington. So hello to our family down there. Go the Hurricanes. I don't watch the Hurricanes, but it's just what I've heard them say. Uh, but how good have the boys been? And just to make sure we're all on the same page, um, I, I love the thoughts that we're going through, uh, Ezekiel, you're right, that going deeper is a process. That the same way that Ezekiel was guided through the varying depths uh, as we journey through and process a step at a time, as Ben said, towards the unending depths of God's goodness and His grace, we, we take that a step at a time. And while we're making those steps, we allow God into uh, um, those deep spaces for our own lives, the vulnerable spaces, the weak spaces, because that's where He works best. Man, such good thoughts. I actually want to talk a little bit about one of the challenges that we face as we go deeper. See, I believe that one of the challenges we face as we go deeper is how do we help others to go deeper? Uh. How do we help others as we enjoy the depths of God? Like, how do we help bring people, our friends, our family that we care about through that same process? Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure I can't be the only one that's ever done this. Have you ever introduced your friends or family to something you thoroughly enjoyed and their like, response was just disappointing? You know, when you come across this epic bakery or you discover this awesome ice cream you know, flavor or this revolutionary product and you, out of the kindness of your own heart, you allow them into the secret and they're just so ungrateful. I, I hate that feeling, eh? You know, like you found this epic video and you're like, bro, check this out, it's crack up. And then they're just watching it like, <laughs> I'm like, you ungrateful peasant. I, I let you into the secret. I hate that feeling. But I think it's more so because uh, we, we have these epic experiences, these amazing experiences, and we just want other people to have the same amazing experience that we've had. And I reckon it can be the same with our faith. Right, I, I've, uh, 
I, get, I can guarantee, and I have absolute uh, no doubt that you guys have had some amazing experiences and encounters over lockdown with church at home. Maybe you've recently given your heart to God and maybe uh, you've found healing. Maybe there's been restoration in your family, seen uh, friendships and relationships reconciled. Maybe God's miraculously provided for you during lockdown. It's awesome. The, the thing I've found though is as we are enjoying the depths that we are in, the danger is our enthusiasm to see others enjoy the depths that we are enjoying we can sometimes remove the journey that it took to get there. We can sometimes rob them of the, um, I guess, the process because we're so, so enthusiastic and keen and passionate to see our friends, you know, in that unending grace and amazing depths of God's goodness. We remove the process and what we end up having is this like cliff edge rather than this process of ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, we have this cliff edge that goes from shore straight to the depths. And for all you Kiwis that have spent many summers at water holes and bridges, you're probably like, that sounds awesome. And I can guarantee that it works. There's times where it's worked. I've seen it work in my own life where you've been just smacked in the face by like the amazing depths of God and His mercy, all of that. But I want to suggest that uh, there might be people in our, own, uh, in our worlds that wouldn't necessarily respond going from shore straight to the depths that they uh, require that same process that we and Ezekiel have been going through of the varying depths. See, as a young Christian growing up, I was always taught that one of the reasons that uh, non-Christians and, and unbelievers reject faith is because of hypocrisy. They know people that profess to believe something, but their lifestyle is like the complete opposite. And I know that's definitely true, but I want to suggest that maybe in today's age, one of the biggest reasons as to why people in our world reject faith is maybe the gospel that they're presented is seemingly irrelevant that it doesn't necessarily land in the current realities of their world. That to them, they're struggling to see how this applies to me because you're literally trying to get me from shore to the depths. The faith that they're being offered doesn't seem to apply. And that's why I love in the Bible, there's so many epic examples. I love that Jesus did this. He was always talking to exactly where they're at, if they're farmers, Here's some farming analogies, uh, Romans, and talking about the armies and all that. But there's this, there's this epic uh, scripture in 1 Corinthians 9, uh, 19 to 23, that I think gives us a really good example or model of how we can approach the, uh, guiding people through the depths. So it says this, even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people, religious, non-religious, meticulous moralists, loose living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. And I did this all because of the message. I think it's so dope, eh? Like that there's this understanding that the gospel and the depths that we're at 
as awesome as that is, understanding that some people might be at ankle deep or knee deep or waist deep, and we need to present the gospel in a way that lands in their world and the realities of their world. I'm not at all suggesting that we change our message. No, no, no. Right? You might have heard this being said in church a lot, that we are conservative in our beliefs, but we're contemporary in our expression. That's basically what I'm saying, is how relevant is it to the people in our world? Let me, let me put it this way, and this is a bit of a physics lesson, and that's not a cue for you to leave. They'll be like, oh, he said physics, gonna top up my drink. All right, I promise this is gonna help make sense. Uh, so sound travels in waves, right? Sound travels, has a wave. It has peaks, it has valleys, and really interesting things happen when you get two waves happening at the same time, all right? So the first one is if you have two waves and wave one, the peak of wave one matches the peak of wave two. So they're like traveling symmetrically. What you actually get is resonance and amplification. Basically what happens is if you get two sounds that match each other, it amplifies the sound and it resonates together. And another interesting thing that happens when you get two sounds that are actually opposite, as in the peak of wave one matches the valley of wave two. So you get more of a, <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing this. But what actually happens, so if you have two sounds that are moving together, but they're opposite, they're inverted, what actually happens is it cancels each other out and you get silence. And for me, I've just been wondering, what happens like when the sound of our lives or the sound of the gospel we present the world, the world we're part of, and the, what happens when that sound collides with the sound of the people in our world? Does it resonate? Does it amplify the sound? Or is it so seemingly irrelevant? Is it so inverted and opposite that it cancels out the sound? Now, again, as I said, I'm not at all suggesting that we change what we're saying. I'm more suggesting that we become aware of the people in our world and the varying depths that they're at. And we present the message in a way that lands exactly where they might be standing. So some of you would have been uh, present at Shout Conference last year. And there was this epic moment where Pastor Wayne was leading uh, worship and they began to sing a song uh, in Te Reo. And I won't at all deny that God was moving powerfully from start to finish of that conference. But talking to a few people, I know for a fact that that moment really resonated with them because for them, hearing that language or maybe just for where things are at and, and their own journeys, the sound traveled together and created an amplification. And I think we have such a great opportunity in our worlds with our, our friends and our family to present the gospel in such a relevant way that, that applies to exactly where they are at in those varying depths. See, for me, uh, I had the privilege a couple years ago of leading alongside some awesome youth leaders out in our East Hub. And we had a pretty epic crew. It was, it was awesome times. Uh, but we got hit with this uh, kind of one season where we just went for a really tough time. Uh, one of the girls who had been attending our youth, uh, she 
unfortunately lost her life to suicide and um, that hit our hub hard. It really, really struggled after that. Uh, young leaders not really knowing what to do. And we organised a few days later a, a prayer meeting, a gathering to worship together. And I'll never forget um, the response uh, from uh, Pastor Esther, who, who got us together. And, you know, she fully could have just said truths that we all believe that God's good and does, that God can make good things come out of bad situations, that we need to trust God through that. And yeah, 100%, I know that is true. But if, if, if I can just be honest, in that moment, uh, being hurt and angry and confused and feeling guilty even, I probably wouldn't have heard it as truth. I don't know if I was ready for the depths at that point. And I'm grateful that uh, Esther didn't do that. What she did instead was just as Jesus knelt down next to this woman who'd been accused, she met us exactly where we're at. She, she, she um, led us in worship and she said these words to us. She said, hey, this sucks and we'll cry with you. We'll walk with you. We'll, we'll go through this together. Because what happens was when the sound of that gospel that Esther was bringing to us, it didn't cancel. It creates silence. What it did was there was this beautiful amplification of the gospel where I knew in such a real way that wherever I was at, God would be there, that Jesus would meet me with my questions and wrestling with these Issues and Jesus would be there. He'd, he'd meet us there. And as we go deeper and as we are trying to help our friends and our family, people we care about go deeper, I just know that we have this epic opportunity to present a really relevant gospel that lands for them, that applies to wherever they're at and whatever depths that they're at. Hey, look, tonight as we go, um, as we go forward, I know uh, for many of us, maybe church is home and we've been coming for a long time, but maybe you're streaming in or you've attended a gathering in one of our locations and you're one of those people that I'm talking about that you were presented a, a cliff edge of sorts where you were just told, hey, these are the realities of God, learn to swim. Can I just say, man, the message of Jesus is one of love, is one of mercy, is one of understanding that Jesus humbled Himself and came to earth as, as in human form, struggled and wrestled with the things that we would be tempted with also, took on the sin of the entire world and paid that price for us. And what a beautiful thing it is to have a, a God, a Saviour that can say, I get it. Right where you're at, I see you. I get you. And I'm with you. And look, I don't know who's watching or um, what might have brought you to, to uh, stream in or to attend, but I know for a fact that even if you in the past have been presented with a irrelevant or seemingly irrelevant gospel, I know for a fact that if you allow God the opportunity 
that He can meet you wherever you are at. Ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep. A gospel that lands for you. And so before we move on, I actually just wanna do one thing. I wanna pray a prayer, inviting God and Jesus into this space, into wherever we're at. And so if that's, if that's you streaming in, I just wanna say a prayer. We're all gonna pray it together, line after line, um, just repeat after me. And if, if, if you're someone that, that resonates with or um, you fit into that kind of category, I pray that this helps you begin, as Ben said, the steps towards the depths, understanding that Jesus can be exactly where you are at. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank You for Your Word. And tonight, I acknowledge my need of You. And I invite You into my heart as my Lord and as my Saviour. I thank You for the sacrifice You made, dying on that cross, giving up Your life so that I could have mine. Pray this all in Your name, Jesus. And everyone said, Amen.